Hi, everyone. This is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. This is actually our 100th episode. Didn't really realize that until I came down to editing it. Um, I released a whole bunch of mini-sodes last week with uh, uh, Jordan McNamara. And that just bumped our actual number up to 100 when I came to edit this podcast where I'm interviewing Ray Garvin again from the DDP or something like that, um, the Devi player from DLF who grinds film, um, great guy, really enjoyed our conversation, but we paid no special tribute to the fact this is technically our 100th episode, so plan is, much like the turning over from the year 1999 to the year 2000, I'm going to be one of those annoying people that says, you know, technically, uh, a real centennial is a 101, and I'm going to try and put something together a little special for next week, maybe it'll be a roundtable episode, or I don't know, but I'll come up with something. For now, Ray's a great guy to have on for our 100th episode, I'm just really sorry we didn't know it at the time, Um, I'm really grateful to have been here for 100 episodes, we lost Jake along the way, RIP Jake, still really miss you, but um, it's been a hell of a ride, I've really enjoyed it, I want to talk about it more, and you know, do some sort of tribute for it. So I'll try and put something a little more different, a little extra uh, for next week. I'm still going to be dropping mini episodes, some from this Ray interview, some I, I want to do a solo show or two. So that'll be coming out this week as well, along with Ray. But next week, I really want to do some kind of, hey, we made it, uh, kind of an episode. And um, like I say, I'll, I'll try and come up with something good. If you have any suggestions, hit me up at PA Howdy on Twitter or the show's handle at Dino Crossroads on Twitter. Um, really appreciate anyone who's been with us from the start but honestly i really appreciate anyone who's with us at all here at the crossroads so if you're listening for the first time or the seventh time or the 100th time really want to thank you guys as well thanks very much i hope you enjoy this interview with ray we ended up talking about a lot of different things but the crux of this episode is players in different situations we can't speculate on so you've got cam Akers who played in a terrible situation you've got jordan taylor who played in a great situation it's impossible really to know how to balance their production or how well they performed even on tape because of those things and then when you take it to wide receiver i bring in antonio gandy golden who i always call golden gandy um, and it's a similar problem he played at a lower conference so what do we do about him playing in technically an ideal situation. We talk about all of that and a little bit more about this time of the year. And um, yeah, it was a fun conversation. I really hope you guys enjoy it. And I will talk to you again next week. Okay, so I've got I've got something and it kind of coincides with some some this is some actionable, actionable stuff um, because oh, it coincides boring. with the, the piece that you just put out on DLF and God damn, we've been talking oh. about Henry Ruggs literally, it seems like, for ages. But what's interesting is I'm in a in a Harry startup Ruggs. draft right now. I'm in a startup draft right now, and all the all the hype and talk about him 
I mean, people still aren't taking him high. Like we're, it's like we're, it's like we're arguing over this player, who, for fantasy purposes, I mean, he's being drafted appropriately where he should go. Like I haven't seen anybody take him number five, and maybe that changes when he gets picked top fifteen in the NFL draft. Maybe that changes, but right now. I mean, he's going after Judy, after Rager, after Lamb, after Jefferson. I mean, I'm in a draft right now. He hadn't even in a copy league. So there's two Henry Ruggs. There's two four four, uh, four two seven speeds out there, and no one's even touched him. Like he, he hadn't even come up in conversation in a twenty four in a twenty four team double copy league. So it's like we're it's mass hysteria for no reason because he's being valued properly at least right now i mean i know the draft hadn't happened but i don't know i think people are a lot smarter than in nfl draft twitter thinks that we are well at a certain point um he's a value right especially if he's drafted in the first round like marcus brown last year um he, dlf hasn't ranked fifth that's that's the ranking kind of ranking that you know has people fading him but if if you're in a draft and he's going below those other guys, he's going below Judy, he's going below Lamb, you're assuming first-round draft capital, and it eventually becomes him and Mims, and where Mims probably isn't going to get first-round draft capital. How was Mims' combine? It looks uh, all right. Outstanding. Yeah, right? Better, better than everybody, better than most people thought that he would do. I mean, it was, it was better than I thought he would do. Do you ever kind of squint at that kind of thing? He's from the Big 12. They average a lot of market share, to be fair. But um, do you ever hate that when, like, everyone's like, oh, you know, he's he's all right, and then they go to the combine and they're faster. It's like, well, why didn't they play faster? Yeah. Do you ever, like, I mean, get it's... suspicious of that? I can't think of anyone in particular that it worked on, but, like, uh, you know, uh, it's when it's not I... matching up, even when it's positive. It's a little bit like, wait a minute. Yeah, and and I, I've got some people. One of my best friends from uh, from grad school, he actually played at Baylor, big time Baylor fan, and he even told me he was like, "Man, I didn't think he was that fast." And I went to every damn game live. You know what I mean? I was there, right, right. And I didn't think he was that fast. Um, I, I don't know. I just I I really am coming to terms, Peter, with the combine is just way overrated. Like it's 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 fun. It's a fun event to watch and to watch these guys run around and jump. And I think there are some interesting right. data points, but overall, I think it's football, think but it's not really late. football, you know? Yeah. Yeah. First man, time you get to see him run around in an NFL context. Yeah. It's fun. And I do like, I'm, I'm a big combine fader guy, but like, I do think it has relevance. Like all the stats are great out as, uh, probably relevant. They're just not predictive in terms of if, who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. If that, if that makes sense, like Kevin Cole using the thresholds to create a, uh, what does he call it? Decision tree. I don't know if you heard him. He was on a podcast re- recently. Mm-hmm. I think it was a DLF podcast um, or wrote of this talking about his decision tree metric matrix or whatever the hell it is. Um, and it's got some really good results, especially for a running back. Like if you run over a four, 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 five or under a four, five, you go down to one percentile or another in terms of hit rates. Um, what I like to use it for is what kind of player are they? Like, if you like them, then you look at how they're built and you're like, okay, so he could be a T.Y. Hilton, right? You know, it's, it's not scientific. It's just he's going to have to play a certain type of way to be good in the NFL with that build. Like, that makes sense to me. It's just not a, it's not a thing you can start with, if that makes sense. 
But then you can, but then on that same token, I can pick and choose what combine events I want to push whatever narrative yeah. that I am. Okay. Uh, yeah. Raider <laughs> didn't run the four, three that I thought, but he jumped 42 inches. He had, you know, a 10 foot, however long broad jump. He's explosive, even though right. he ran a four five, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you you talked about it. You've talked about it a lot. Painting an entire picture, painting a complete picture. I think the problem is we isolate one particular thing, and from there we we build this thing. Uh, this narrative. yeah. You go find. <laughs> Sorry, man. You go find what agrees with you, and you're like, there it is. Yeah, proof. <laughs> right. And um, but I did you it. Do... yeah, <laughs> I, I do. It. I think we all do. You really have to be what's the word mentally conscious to try and stop yourself because eventually you start noticing yourself doing it like i'm doing it with tyler i was doing it with tyler johnson over and over and over again um in this draft even brian brian edwards like i like him i like him i like him i like him there's nothing wrong here but eventually you have to just check yourself like something's yeah. not adding up uh, henry ruggs that's why i wrote that article since you mentioned it. it's the same thing it's like I'm really comfortable with his my understanding of what he did in college. Like, I think that's really, I, I know exactly how he measures up. I know what his chances are and everything else, but he doesn't measure up to the hype. Right. Like, I've just got to admit that something's missing from what I'm looking at and go look for it. And it's like what you're saying about the combine. I mean, but in reverse, like, if you just go looking for what agrees with you and ignore anything else, like you, you at least have to do your due diligence on it, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's what it is with the combine, but look, there are some things that are like, to me, uh, kind of rock solid. Don't put me on combine matters, Twitter or anything. But um, once you think you understand who a player is, no matter what your grind is. Right. But um, then you look at his speed, his 40 time, bearing in mind that does not reflect how fast he'll be while racing a DB down the field because it's a different kind of race. Um, but his 40 time seemed to make some sense just by looking at the number. And also his size. Like those two can help you get a good understanding of who he might have to be like. And I think three, the three cone and the 20 yard shuffle shuttle thing, those have relevance when you combine it with something like the tape. If I, if a guy's slow like Landry, but then someone watches the tape and tells me, yeah, but he's really quick, man. And then you look at his three cone and his 20 and that makes sense. He's like, all right. So he's moving around laterally. It's actually, um, there's a YouTube video by a tape guy recently talking about you have to think about how players, this individual addresses problems and f- the methods he develops to overcome the situation. And if we were looking at it through that way, instead of traits, just how often was he in this situation? Did he get better at dealing with it? And what was his method of dealing with it? And then does that translate to the NFL? Not does he have quick feet, but does he use quick feet at the right time, like Cordero Patterson fucking doesn't when it comes to routes, you know, um, yeah. he's obviously got the quickest feet you could want, but he's not using it in the right times. But someone like Jarvis Landry, remarkably slow <laughs> according to his 40 time. Mm. But if you like guys like you who watch him are like, yeah, but when he needs to apply it to get some space, he does. And, and so anything outside of size and, you know, a rough, over under 40 time, I think you just kind of have to, you, you need some kind of outside validation for it. it. can't just be, he's got a good three cone. It's got to be 
and that's what I see when he runs this route or he's pressed by a, uh, by a cornerback or when he's um, – what, what are other, some other tape terms? I don't know anymore. I've used all of the ones I know. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, I kind of went on there. Um, what, what, what did you want to say about no, uh, I, Harriet Ruggs? Well, I, well, I really want to talk – what you just said, and I don't think I've ever thought about it. I have not thought about it the way that you just put it about what these guys do when you're looking at the combine, some of these metrics, you know, three cone shuttle, 40 yard dash, how they solve individual problems. Right. And that looks different from player to player. So I just pulled up Derrick Henry's combine. I just wanted to see what his three cone was and it was slow 7.2. His short shuttle was a four, three, eight. So it wasn't, wasn't very fast, but that's not how Derrick Henry solves problems, right? He he solves problems by running through the face of a defensive back, and it looks very mm. different than a LaShawn McCoy, who Shady McCoy is juking people out left and right. Like, he didn't have to run. He didn't have to solve his problem the same way that, that Derrick right. Henry did, right? So when you're looking at some of these incoming rookies, like where I give certain players grace is – okay, he may not be as fast as this player or he may not be as agile, but that's not how he solves. That's not how he wins. And that's why I'm not I'm not saying that. And, and to be quite honest, Peter, people joke with me that I'm a film guy. I've like sort of changed. I, right, right. I appreciate the numbers more, but I think that's where film can provide context to some of these guys of how they win or, okay, he didn't test particularly well in that area. But that's not his game. That's not how he wins. That's not how he solves problems. So I just think holistically, that's a really good that's a really good point when you're talking about some of these combine events. But uh, and again, you know, I wish I could remember his name, but it was not my point. It was a it was a tape grinder trying to explain his the way his film process, like you're talking about, has evolved, like what he's looking for. Because the next stage from that is, is it an appropriate way of dealing with those those problems in the NFL? Like, mm-hmm. again, just to go back to the easy example, right? Uh, Cordero Patterson, his way of dealing with problems in the NFL wouldn't translate to the NFL. In fact, in college, he wasn't that productive, to be right. fair. But um, Riley Ridley, right? Yeah, everyone really liked him. But his way of dealing with situations in the NFL couldn't translate to the NFL or so far hasn't I'll give uh, give him the three-year grace period like everyone else but um and you I, I need a tape guy to tell me why it isn't translating but if you start I thought it was a really good way and that's partly why I know or I don't try and build in tape like I'm not going to be able to do that like I just know myself pretty well I know my I like maybe running but even then like I've done a lot of running I played a lot of English I played a lot of pretty much every sport and then um, there are some sports I know I can, you get a good feel of, you know, you've got an eye and I know everything can be improved on with practice, but this is a fun hobby. Like I don't, it's not a necessary right. job skill that I'm trying to improve every area or anything like that. Right. And this, this spots, which is why I understand why people don't, you know, like they don't want to prospect through numbers. I get it. If that's just not the fun part for you, why would you do it? <laughs> right. If you're already doing pretty good at something else. But a question I have been asking, that was some really interesting stuff, I thought. But it's like just to think about who your favorite prospect is and why. Like, because favorite can mean anything. Um, right. So you can take it with right. everywhere you want. Something I did want to mention, it goes back to our conversation we we're just having, was I heard you on the DLF podcast, um, the main one, that, you know, the fancy one, the rich, <laughs> cool DLF experts go on, not, not 
people like me. Oh, um, but okay, okay, okay. He, Mr. Mr. Late about, Round, Mr. Late Round Podcast, get out of here. Right. I just I just get invited to the nerd podcast. <laughs> I know, I know, rub it in. Um, but no, uh you were talking about how care makers you liked seeing the way he addressed the he had so many problems coming at him and he, he was addressing them to use the language you were just using so well that it just continues to impress you when you watch him. Something I was just talking about, it was either with Tom Kisslingberry or Jordan McNamara, who I've got to edit his episode, but um, we were talking about how do you go about, like, Jordan Taylor had an above-average O-line, right? Oh, yeah. So he just wasn't put in those situations. Like, what do you do with that? It's not his fault that he didn't have a crappy O-line, if you know what I mean. Right, right. Um, So is there any kind of adjustment or something that you can do for those kind of – and not just Jordan Taylor, whoever you want to talk about, but Jordan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor? I'll get their names right. Jonathan, uh, he's a generational talent at running back. Get it straight. Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) It's true, actually. As a rusher, he may well be. I'm not even being funny, but uh, it's 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 interesting, Peter, because I feel like we play the what if game when the situations are adverse, when the situations are bad. We always say, well, what if Cam Akers had a good offensive line? I think maybe it's easier to 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 envision that than it is reverse and to say, well, what if Jonathan, nobody wants to say, nobody's going to look at J.K. Dobbins' 2,000 rushing yards and Jonathan Taylor's 6,000 career rushing yards and say, well, what if he played on Boise State? What if he played at UNLV? It's It, it almost doesn't, you can't reverse engineer good situations. I think that's, I don't even know where how you would start doing that. I, I really don't. I, I don't know how you would do that. It's a lot easier. It's obviously... It's like I say, it's like asking for a negative. Like even Zach from the Dynasty Dummies podcast has talked to me a few times. He's graced uh, our show with his presence mm-hmm. a number of times. And he talks about wanting to see something done repeatedly. Like do it once, great. Do it twice, even better. If I see it doing more than once. But like with a running back, literally what we're talking about is if you have a good offensive line, like you're just never in that situation. You've always got yeah. a hole and you hit it. Great, yeah. <laughs> but you never get to see what they're going to do. Well, I suppose so you this, do, but not as often. Sorry. So my, I, I don't have a model. I, I don't because for film, I think it's, I think no it's bother. really hard to do that. There's, there's no way you can freaking. You just, what I tell people no. is, you just got to find an analyst you trust, and then you take that opinion and and formulate your own thoughts. But what I do with running backs, in in particular with running backs is it's easy to look at Jonathan Taylor's games versus Iowa where he rushes for 250, where he's, you know, breaking 90-yard runs. I try to find their three worst games, you know, and and by worst games, I mean under 100 yards, the yards per carry average was low. They got a lot of volume, and they just weren't producing. I want to see them against tough defenses, and Jonathan Taylor had those situations this year. When he played against some of the more competitive defenses, Ohio State, Michigan State, it was tough sledding for them. So what I do for 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 those type of players is I want to see them in bad situations. I want to see how they perform. And this is what I always say, Peter, as, as a film grinder, you learn more from the three-yard run. You learn more from the six-yard carry than you do a 30-yard romp on the sideline, a 60-yard wide-ass open TD. Let me see how 
since we can't look at his collective season and say he faced adversity like Cam Akers, then you have to downsize your sample and say, okay, well, in these three games, he didn't right. perform very well. So I'm going to – I don't need to <laughs> – I don't need to watch Jonathan Taylor's game versus Iowa. Like, it's fun that I post those highlights, but <laughs> he rushed for 278 yards. What do I need to see there? The, the lanes were big. I want to see him versus Michigan State. I want to see him when he did not do well, and how did, he, how did he respond to situations in those games? So for me, that's how I start to grade them. I want to see what those top players did versus adverse situations, even though that sample size is much smaller. Yeah, I think that's your line that got me thinking about it again. It's you know, I like the three-yard runs or the four-yard runs. It tells me more about who a player is, and that, that makes some that makes all sense to me, right? Um, it, it's interesting because from a wide receiver perspective, the way I go about it, I ask that question so often. Like that's my main time, and they think they're. I think people think I'm going to be really shocked by it, but I'm like, no, that's literally what I'm saying. And they asked me, like, well, do you think Antonio Golden Gandhi would have had those production numbers if he was on Baylor? And let's not forget the number of crappy Baylor receivers who have had good numbers. And I highlighted them because the team just have a, has above average market share that Big Cobb does. Um, but, again, uh, that's not a, an attack on Denzel Mims. His looks good even with, on Baylor. I like Mims a lot. But um, Antonio, that's literally what I'm saying. I'm saying as far as we can tell, we can't find a decent adjustment for conference. But yeah, if I saw Tyler Johnson or if I saw Jerry Judy or if I saw CD lamb playing in Liberty, I would expect them to do kind of <laughs> something a lot like what Antonio Gordon Gandhi did. Like the, the guy had 2.3 yards above team pass attempts. There's an efficiency metric I'm working on. People might've heard of receiving yard per team pass attempt. I'm comparing it. It's actually based on a running back stat that people use for prospects. It's how it's the yards per carry above team average. I'm doing that for yards per team pass attempt for wide receivers. Like the highest I've seen, there are two players in the database with three yards above the team average, for an example. And Antonio Gordon is 2.3. Like it's okay. really high. It's, it, it's, it, it's, it's a really good efficiency um, per team touch. Um, and yeah, that's exactly what I would expect one of these top tier prospects to do if they were in an easier situation, right? You'd expect them to have all the market share, be really efficient, and look like the best player on the team every year of their career. That's what Gandhi did. Um, and that, that's the thing, like, I can't see him play for any of those teams. And like you were, like, kind of what, um, your philosophy on running backs there reminds me of it's like you can't judge them you can only judge them on the games that they played so you look at their worst games it's a smaller sample but that's what you've got like i can't see what gan golden gandy would have done if he played in the big 10 or the sec but if a player of that quality ended up in the Ind independence conference that's what i would expect to see that's literally what i'm saying now obviously he's got lower expectation because it is easier and you know it's easier to hit those numbers but if a good player ends up there and that has a time or two, it has happened, their numbers look like. Um, so I really want to go high on Gordon Gandy, but that's the thing with these guys. They, they need an X factor. His combine was okay, 
right? It wasn't, uh, I don't right, know how right, much attention right. you paid to him, but yeah, I think it's uh, fine. Yes. Um, I think he's one of the four, six guys, which isn't a great number. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's not bad, for especially considering his size with a 27 BMI, like his height adjusted speed scores and weight adjusted, like it's fine for his size. But that also means, speaking of what we were talking about with the combine before, like his upside in the NFL it's probably limited in terms of his physicality. The way you can play at the NFL with that phys- physical makeup, like his upside is what? Maybe Kenny Galladay? Like yeah. I would like that. That yeah. was my up. Like Kenny Galladay's hit what I thought his upside was. And that's probably Gandhi's limit, right? Um, but, you know, you can always be surprised because, like we were saying about the combine, it doesn't go to a great job at predicting. Right. But I think it's a reasonable comp. You know, you're not looking for Julio Jones here. So, and you're so, going to need something to happen in the draft or the right landing spot. But anyway, so, um, but, but this sorry, is this is this is. The, I'm glad you brought him up because he illustrates something. Here, here's with with AGG. I just call him AGG. With AGG, he had an opportunity to showcase his skills at the Senior Bowl. So we got a little taste of him yeah. before the combine. Now I know we can't do that with every prospect because juniors. Well, juniors can right. go if they graduate. It was weird because Eno Benjamin was there. But, <clears throat> you know, I, we've got... And generally, and, just being eligible to go is bad because they're seniors and we <laughs> prefer juniors. But, yeah, carry correct. on. <laughs> correct. But, and it's like what I, what I talked about earlier uh, when we got on. Even if you don't grind film, that's not your thing. You find a couple of people that you trust. And then you not saying that you take that opinion wholesale, but you're like, okay, well... Such and such said that he's a good player, so maybe I'll give a little grace to this. But Matt Kelly, you're wearing a Roto Underworld hoodie. I got on a freaking breakout finder hat. But Matt <laughs> Kelly, the biggest, the biggest film grinder, like you know, hater in the world, right? I love Matt. I love Matt. But he Almost. went to the Senior Bowl. He went to the Senior Bowl, and he right. got to see these guys live. And he said, Gandy Golden just looked like nothing amongst. Power five and division one players, he looked, he did not stand out. He wasn't impressive, I think. Yeah, he was, he wasn't impressive. And we wanted him. And I'm not, it's, it's four days of practice. They're playing with quarterbacks they never played with. They're playing in a weird offense. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not casting my entire take on Gandy Golden based off of the senior bowl, but that does provide context when you've got people that you, that you trust. You've got analysts that you you know you value their opinions. Say that I saw this guy, and despite how dominant he was at Liberty, he couldn't get open versus this uh, Tulsa cornerback who was a senior out here at practice. So I think in certain situations, I don't ignore information. I don't digest and consume everything from everybody, but I don't ignore everything. Like I see it now, whether I choose to apply it or not. I probably won't because I trust my opinion a lot more than I trust other people's opinion and eyes. But I do listen and take things into consideration. And when Matt Kelly says Gandy Golden looked like the eighth best wide receiver out of 13 wide receivers out there, damn it, I'm going to listen. I'm, I'm going to take that into consideration. So, you know, it's it's to, to your original point, Meh. it's it's so hard, Peter, to play the what if game. We always do it. Well, what if Henry Ruggs played at TCU? What if Jalen Rager was on Alabama? What if Jonathan Taylor played at UNLV? Listen, we we can only act on the information that we have. We can only 
we can only provide advice based off of what we have. And this is, <laughs> this is where we're at, man. This, like, I feel like we're just searching for shit right now. And I don't know why. See, I can, I think I can say, like uh, I mentioned with confidence that uh, Gandy Golden's production looks like what you would expect a player who's, who is much better playing at a lower conference would look like. Cause I've just, uh, looked at it so much and also that's what the models tell me but sorry um so i can say that but yeah like you say we don't actually get to see him in those situations and so yeah uh, that's, that's basically where we come out on them i guess that's it um yeah, i guess, yeah. I guess whatever yeah, I guess. um like i sorry but like uh he's not a chase claypool he's not a late breakout player even <laughs> if we liked his call pie so much you know uh, but both of them are interesting it goes back to what we we're saying about henry Ruggs, where they're ranked right now like this is such a floor class to me and i don't know if where you're at on it but it looks like there's a lot more floor in this class than <laughs> are stealing so that to me means people should and probably a Ganolin running back heavy early and often. Um, and that means some of these wide receivers I like will be you know, very reasonable costs, like late second, third round picks. And I'm just comfortable with most of these producing guys, sometimes like a lower conference, sometimes more of a question mark like KJ Hamler. Like I'm really comfortable there, but we'll have to see what the draft and the ADP bring. Is there anything you else you want to talk about content or video you've got that you want to push people towards, you know, tell my four listeners about or something? Oh yeah. I mean, we can do that. Uh, just, you know, we're get, we're at that sort of that weird stage in rookie draft season and even weirder now that we don't have pro days to talk about where it's just kind of dead. Like nothing is yeah, happening right. in the NFL draft. So, and I'm working on a couple of pieces right now and it's just like, Everybody has the same information now. We all know whose market share was what. We all know the 40-yard dash times. We all know who was productive. It, it's it's almost like you don't want to overthink things at this point in time. You just very much so. Mm-hmm. You just don't don't create narratives or stories that were never there and you're just bored. So you're starting to look into things and pick and probe. Um, you know, right now I'm working on a couple of things and there's purely and strictly entertainment like i've got a youtube channel with tons of film tons of film destination debbie all 22 film everybody wants to film i watch more film than 99 percent of you guys so go to <laughs> Destination Debbie. i know i play college so i know more than everybody that's watching it Obviously. trust me and clearly i know more than ever 99.9 percent of you so go over mm-hmm. to destination debbie watch the film um, and I've got just some fun, entertaining things, uh, fantasy related to, to get you ready. But my focus is about to shift back to Debbie. You know, I'm a Debbie guy, so I'm getting ready for these hell. I hope we have a college football season, but getting ready for the Jamar chases and the Rondell Moores who Peter will be talking about, uh, some about a year. Yeah, about a year. <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait. Oh my gosh. When Peter's got hundred thousand followers and he lets me come back on this show <laughs> talk right. about Rondell Moore and Jamar Chase, but uh, just I would just say don't overthink things right now. I mean, it's just we just got to play the waiting game to the draft, and unfortunately, that's a month from now, end of end of April, so end of April, early May, I think. So that's it. DLF Destination Devi. I've got a podcast, not recording right now because I'm lazy and I need to. I'd rather just come on other people's shows and talk and not have to edit it. It's much much easier to do this. 
That's all right, man. I, I think in quarantine, YouTube videos are the thing, man. I'm putting in so many YouTube videos to try and pass the time. <laughs> so uh, a little YouTube content can't hurt. Um, anyway, thanks for coming on the Crossroads again. Uh, we're still recording because apparently, you know, we can't be smart and slow down right now. I'm, ca- I'm playing catch-up. This is specifically why I, I slow roll it early because I know this lull is going to come. Everyone rushes to get here. And now we've got this big, especially right now with that pro days, this is big long wait. Um, so I'm I'm still trying to catch up. I'm really showing up my evaluations, but you know it is smarter just to slow down. Don't make too many stories right now that you don't need to. So uh, yeah, th- thanks again for coming on Crossroads, Ray. Um, it's great talking to you as always. Um, thanks everyone for listening, and I will talk to you again next time here at the Crossroads. Thanks very much. Bye. Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more. Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars. Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that eye like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.